Hello, sir. Good afternoon, Ben. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. It uh, feels like it's been a while since I've spoken to you. It uh, has. Because I was kind of in, in the middle of moving hell for the last uh, week or so. Yeah, I'm guessing it went uh, okay then, given the description. <laughs> it, it went it went fine, all things considered. I think I stated the famous last words on our last recording. I was like, oh, it should just take like a couple of days moving. I should be able to record later this week. No problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. that didn't quite happen. Yeah. <laughs> Were things just taking longer than you expected? Yeah, so it, it kind of the move actually happened faster than than I anticipated. It basically worked out such that I had was going to have movers pick up like some some large appliances for me, and then uh, it just financially made sense for them to bundle their time and pick up basically all my large items uh, all at once. So it was like the next day I was like, oh, I guess we're moving today. Uh, gotcha. And wow, yeah. So yeah. Anyways, the the move uh, the move happened fast, and it's just one of those things that where like it's basically hundreds of hours of work that you don't necessarily anticipate having. So getting all our stuff put in the right place, and organizing things, and doing projects here and there, and so I basically had a week of zero productivity, which is a little bit a little bit tough on the morale. But I'm on the other side of it now, thankfully. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. How's your mood generally? Um, like in the midst of the move, it was kind of a mental struggle. I was found myself feeling especially negative about the business and just everything. I think because I was stressed, lacking sleep and coming down with a cold at the same time. (laughs) So after the moving stuff kind of wrapped up, I just kind of spent two days sleeping most of the day, just kind of recovering and taking vitamins and looking after myself. And, uh, yeah. So now like as I'm speaking, I'm in a better place today. Nice. You seem yeah. like you're literally in a better place. Yeah. I got my office set up and that was that was a nice milestone to like get my desk set up, get my whole monitor stand in place and all my things around me and it has a nice vibe in here. So I actually feel like my I upgraded my office, which is cool. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, it looks the background looks lovely. Yeah, lots of plants. Mm-hmm. Cool. How about you? How you how you doing? <laughs> um, I'm good. It's been kind of a crazy week, honestly. Uh, we've added a bunch of customers, and like people are saying nice things about us on Twitter, which is pretty exciting. Adam tw- tweeted that the hype is real, <laughs> which was really good because I was like worried the hype wasn't real. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's like that's always my concern. concern. I was like, we're selling the dream, but like, is, do are we delivering the dream? And and some people think we are, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. I, and I see a lot of people mentioning your ludicrous mode. Yes. Uh, which is that borrowed from Tesla? Yes. Which is borrowed yeah. from um, Spaceballs. Okay. Okay. So it's, <laughs> we stole from someone who stole from someone. Um, yeah. So basically that's like, that's like the full resolution uncompressed video stream option that we added recently, uh, which is super cool. Um, and surprisingly fast. Like we expected, like we'll do this, but like most people shouldn't use it cause it's going to be too slow, but actually it's kind of fine for most people. And it makes the display look really good. So it's kind of awesome. And I suppose if someone's using it in that mode and things are choppy, then it's like, well, you know, you should expect that because this is this is extremely high res. Totally. Um, yep. Yeah. And there also seems to be, it, maybe they were actually saving a bit of latency by not having to do the downscaling step. So there may actually be places where like you downscale it a bit, but actually the time spent downscaling is more than you if you just sent it uncompressed or like unscaled. So that's kind of interesting. Like we, we're expecting it to be more costly than it seems to be. That's kind of an interesting trade-off. 
Yeah, it is. Taking the the restraints off the connection is kind of awesome. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's like if you want to do like a 5K monitor, like go ahead. And then like you actually can do it and it looks looks good. And it's, it's kind of, it's just nice to be able to give like that ability to power users. So you invited a bunch of new customers in. Are there any like scaling challenges on the horizon for you guys? Or is it not really because it's mostly peer-to-peer connections? Yeah, it seems like not really because it's peer-to-peer, which is kind of amazing. Eventually, the like the Rails Action Cable server, I assume, will fall down. And like the Action Cable is not all rainbows. Like we're having some problems with it, but not like scaling-related problems. So I, I assume we can just kind of like keep upgrading that Heroku Dino um, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> throwing money at the problem for a while with any luck. So that's a reasonable strategy, especially at this phase, I would say. Totally. I have a friend um, who's working on an app and he's like, my memory usage on my Rails app is really high. And I was like, pay for a bigger dyno. He's like, oh, I can just throw money at this? This is great. Uh-huh. He was very <laughs> excited to hear that, that that was the answer. Yeah. I mean, that's what we did at Drip for a long time with our database. And it was comforting to hear the Honey Badger guys on their new podcast. I was listening to their one on technical debt, a recent episode. And, and they basically did the same thing. They're like, yep, we started with like one server, 75 bucks a month. And then when we when that fell over, we like added a second one and just kept throwing money at it. And eventually you re-architect things, but right. you know, yeah, not too soon. Eventually you're on the biggest server and you need more of them, but for a while. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully like with any luck, this thing will just let us add hundreds or thousands of people to it and it should be okay. Yeah. So it seems like scaling won't be really much of a problem. Support has gone up a little bit, I would say, as we've added more people, but like not dramatically. I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good about bringing more people on. I've been, I've been emailing chunks of the list. Uh, I think I've sent to two different like chunks of like 400 people, I think. So I'm starting to like increase the amount of people we're bringing in and it's uh, so far so good. That's cool. So what is your conversion rate looking like on that? Um, not very high. I'd ha- I have to go back and look actually. My guess would be it's like 1% maybe somewhere around there. So I'm going in order from oldest to newest. So like... I just emailed a bunch of people who gave us their email when like Steve record, like launched the YouTube video showing how he redesigned our landing page. And so it's like, mm, this is like nine months ago anyway. And I think these people were just kind of like, you know, happened to be driving by sort of thing. I'm expecting lower conversion rates on those, um, but hoping to get into some newer cohorts very soon. Mm-hmm. I think I was one of the earliest. So I got the, I got the email, the invite <laughs> yeah. email. And then, and then I got your follow-up email that was basically like, I'm bad at sales or something. And then yeah. you sent a video. So what's the story behind that? People have been asking for like a demo for a little while. And I was like, I really do need to make a demo. And so I finally did make a demo. And I used like Soapbox from Wistia, which is nice. I had like my face and also my screen. I could like kind of flip between the two. It, it turned out pretty well, actually. So it's like four minutes. It's just me showing off like the cool parts of the app. Uh, response has been really good from that. So I've been sending that to people. That's like the, the new email is like, here's the demo. And like, hey, do you want to buy it? Uh, I'm actually excited to like release that more publicly because I think it it's pretty it show, puts us in a good light I think which it should but I was impressed by it when I saw it I was like oh this is I mean it's like just highlighting the parts that people really care about I feel like especially the market you're you're talking to developers like the things you highlighted felt really crisp and on point so thanks that was very much the goal was like don't show everything just like show the things that like makes like clear like hey we're developers we understand you we've put features in here for developers. Like it was actually interesting for me, like just the experience of making the video. I was like, oh yeah, this is a pretty good little app now. Like it's it's getting there. Like I, I, there were, there was not like a, a limit of or like a short supply of things to show off that I thought were good. Um, yeah, and so like that combined with like our, our call ratings have been really good lately, which is awesome. Like on our latest version, like we we chased down a couple of crashes that had been happening, 
And so now the stability is really good and the people are reporting good results with it and tweeting nice things about it spontaneously. And it's like, wow, it's kind of feeling like the product kind of is fitting its market in a certain way. Yeah, so it's it's cool. It's really exciting, honestly. That's awesome. How are your um, co-founders doing right now? Are they feeling positive, stressed? Uh, uh, no, I think I think they, they feel good too. Um, yeah, I would say that the mood is, is definitely very positive. There was stress before. I mean, of course, like when we launched, there was just a bunch of things that were kind of not where they should be. And so I know Spencer was feeling kind of stressed for a while, like getting the crashes down and like adding features that were clearly missing. Um, and now there are like things to do, of course, but like the core experience actually seems to be pretty solid for people. And so it doesn't feel like there's, like there's, there's anything quite on fire right now. Like our biggest thing is kind of like audio support. Like we have a, a, an audio bug that we have, that we're, we've, are working on fixing. And then like multi-way calls will be nice. But like in terms of like big pieces, it's like kind of mostly there. But I'm, I'm honestly pleasantly surprised. I was, expecting, I was expecting the app to take a lot longer to get to the point where people liked it. Just because it's a hard problem. But we still have more to do for sure. But people are now mostly kind of liking it, which I'm surprised given it's been launched for three months. Are you thinking about like longer term product roadmap stuff? Like, do you have an idea of what you need to build or is that going to come in conversations? I mean, I, so I kind of just touched on it and like that's I haven't thought too much farther beyond it, but it's like fix the audio stuff, let people make multi-way calls uh, and then and maybe maybe before multi-way or after like go back into performance mode for a little while. Uh, so we, we have like good competitive performance, but it's not screaming along yet. Um, and so there's, we've, we've basically done a pass or two at that, but we know there's more we can do. And so we want to spend the time on that too. So it's kind of actually tricky to prioritize where things should go, like what order. This feels like part of the art of doing product management stuff is like, when should we build the what things? I imagine it's seductive to to just like stay in the realm of continuing to try to squeeze every last you know bit of performance out of it and potentially not build additional features like and i'm not dealing with the same type of problems in that it's performance related but like every time i build a feature now i'm thinking through like try to keep this minimum viable minimum viable like i need to put a post-it note up because my temptation is to just spend weeks on any given feature which you generally can if you really want to polish all the aspects of the user experience but it's like is that really necessary or you know are people not going to sign up or are they going to cancel because of that and if not then like maybe make a note for later or maybe just come back and polish it up more when the when the need arises but like yeah totally yeah i think we're doing an okay job of that too where we're we're shipping like we're we're okay shipping like a v1 of a feature kind of thing that's not the whole thing yet um or like oh here's this thing and like here's a workaround for that particular thing and like just kind of trying to be okay with that uh in the past i think i was more stressed about that and now i'm kind of relaxing into it a little bit where i'm like yeah we're gonna have little things that we have to fix and that's okay people are generally okay with it like people will report, oh, I had a bad call, the video froze or something, or the audio didn't work. And they'll respond like, oh, we're so sorry. Like, we're working on that thing. I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks for responding. Appreciate it. And it's like, oh, you're not mad at us. I assumed you were mad at us. But like, people are, seem to be not so, not so mad at us. I think I'm like oversensitive to the idea of like people being upset with me. And so like I jump, I jump to that sort of scary conclusion too quickly. People are like, no, it's fine. Like we just ended the call and started another one. And it was like, hey, and it's like, oh, great. Okay, cool. I thought you hated me personally. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I think in reality, people are a lot more empathetic than we than we assume. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I will say like now when I do like FaceTime calls with people or like these like appear in chats or whatever, and like and it, and it doesn't work that well. I'm like, yeah, I know this is hard. <laughs> like uh, yeah. I have a little more empathy for this. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel good. Like yeah. my, my FaceTime call keeps freezing. I'm like, well, you know, even Apple is having trouble with this. It's just hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's kind of good in a yeah. weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also had like a kind of cool semi-milestone where kind of a first big cohort of people hit their renewal. And so I was like, okay, like the first month's over. Do you want to stay? I'll keep paying for this. And some people churned, but the majority stayed. Uh, and some of them at like pretty high like dollars per month, which is awesome. And so like we have somebody with like 25 seats, which is like real money. And they're like, yeah, we're going to stick around. We'll, start, we'll, be, we'll be here next month. I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, all the all the signs are, are are good right now. Honestly, things are moving in the right direction. I kind of can't stop thinking about pricing, of course, because that's what I do. Actually, we basically decided to at least offer this and and see how this goes. I kept having this situation where I'd be on, I would be doing like sales with like a somebody, and they're like, "Okay, we want to sign up," and I'd be like, "Great, we charge for a seat. How many seats would you like?" And they're like, "Well, let me go figure it out." And that was like a bad part of the sales process. It's like interruptive and like gave them a to do item and made like now we have to make a decision who's worth putting on here. Blah blah blah. And so we're like, okay, new idea, um, flat fee for the first month. Just like here's a flat dollar amount and you can add everybody. And that was a huge win. But that actually just pushed off that decision a month. Because at the end of the month, they were like, okay. Like, like, we're like, you want to keep going? Like, by the way, you've used this many seats. Like, we're going to start billing you for that. Like, oh, hold on. Let me like check and make sure none of those are like people that shouldn't have. I was like, oh no, we're back to this. We just delayed it. And so a thing that multiple people asked me for, <laughs> and I was like, no, we're not going to do that. was like, it'd be great if you would just bill me for how many people used it. And I was like, no, we can't do that. Like, then we won't even know how much money we're going to make from anybody. And like, what if people stop using it over time? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but people kept asking us for it. And it really is just kind of the answer to the like, how do you make it so that there's no decisions that have to get made and make sure the pricing is fair? And it's like, you charge for the people that used it. And so I went to the guru and I, I went to the top of the mountain and I DM'd Patio 11. <laughs> and I was like, Hello, oh, 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 wise one. <laughs> May I give you a query? Uh, and I asked him about it, and he was, it was, he immediately responded, You should absolutely just do that. Nice. And okay, like, that's good validation. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> Patrick said so. Yeah. Um, I had been feeling kind of in my heart. I was like, This kind of feels like the right thing to do. Like, it's going to be fair in a way that feels really good to me, in a way that I think also would resonate with our audience. And like, also just like, doesn't give you that to do ever, where it's like, if you're the person managing the team, you probably have to check it. Like you want to check in every couple months and be like, all right, who's still using this? Who's left the company? Who stopped doing development? Who doesn't pair anymore? And it's just like, oh, that sounds obnoxious. And like, we're, we're basically just like kind of taking advantage of people in a, in a per seat model where it's like, oh, we're still charging you even though you're not using it. You just haven't noticed. And eventually you'll rectify this. And like, we're just like kind of, I don't know, cheating you a little bit. And that just did not feel good. Basically, the next offer I send out tomorrow morning to the next like swath of the list is going to be uh, like a usage-based pricing kind of thing. Interesting. So what does this mean then for their first month? Are they paying a flat fee for the first month? And then after that, it's, yeah, how does that work? It's a little weird, um, yeah. but we're going to keep the flat fee for the first month. But then at the end of that first month, you won't get a bill. You'll just run into the second month. And at the end of the second month, we'll charge you for the, that second month, basically. Because you have to charge at the end of the month for usage-based pricing because you don't know what's going to be. It's a little bit funky, but I think it makes the most sense of the options. Yeah. And how are you metering? Is it like if, if a person used it for at least one call, then they're counted as a seat for the month? I think that's what we're going to do. Yeah, that's, that's my plan right now. I would maybe want to eventually run the numbers and like, what's it like if we say two calls? Um, so that like if, if you just like test it or something, like you're not really, it doesn't count. But I think we'll probably start with one. That's already like feels way more fair than what we had before. So it's like, okay, we'll see where we can dial this down to exactly. 
unless you actually make a call, like we're not going to charge you for it. That, mm-hmm. that feels right mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm sure it feels good to have that kind of sussed out and it makes sense to me. It is a bummer that there's going to be that little bit of lag in revenue between month one and month two. It does. Yeah, it is. I'm thinking about upping the amount that we charge, like that flat fee a little bit. Like that's, that's also going to be one of my tests is like different offers for that first month and see what that is to kind of make up for that to some extent. But yeah, that's okay. Well, that's all right. Eventually the lag will not be apparent because everyone will just be like on a cycle and it'll feel like, yeah, fine. It feels like it's at a certain point you could maybe have like a certain usage cap on that. And beyond that, it's like you apply a hundred dollar credit to their bill and then they maybe have a, a residual balance or something like that. Um, uh, I didn't quite follow that. Can you say that again? Like if they, if they use over a certain threshold or something, then, then maybe they would owe more for their first month at the end of month one, if they pass some threshold. I mean, it's probably too complicated to do right now, but eventually that might be something to consider. We could do that. Yeah. I, I, I really like the whole, you don't have to make any decisions ever. Like that's where I want to get to. And that's, that's another thing like that Patrick said, he was like, definitely like keep decisions out of this process if you can, where it's like, you don't have to decide in the beginning who should get access to it. Cause everyone should just have access cause it's a flat fee. And then you don't, you don't have to decide after that because it's only the people that actually used it in month two that are still using it. So like even that, like the people that trialed it in the first month, it's only the ones that stuck around will charge you for afterwards. Um, and that just feels, feels so good to me. It's like what I would want in someone's position. And so it's like, all right, I feel good about offering that to people. And it kind of sort of aligns us where it's like, we want to be giving you value and turning you like having, giving you good pairing experiences. And so, and you want to pay for that. So it's like, we can, it, it, I think it will nudge us towards things like really good onboarding and maybe doing some like customer success stuff and like, Hey, like you haven't tried it. Like you want to like, is anything off? Can we help? Which I think is probably healthy for the business. It's cool. Yeah. It seems like incentives are aligned, which is, which is always a good thing. And this is also something that you can, you can kind of use your pricing page as another form of marketing, right. And emphasize the fact that like we have super fair pricing maybe compared to the, to others, you know, exactly. Yep. And it's, it's, it feels developer-y. Where it's like developers are like, why would you chart? Like, it's not fair to chart. Like, you should just do usage bait. Like, this is what every this is what almost all our customers came up with. They were just like, <laughs> yeah. this is what you should do. And it's like, oh yeah, like this is what the this is what the nerds are gonna want. Yeah, and that's yeah. what feels fair to the nerds. Like, so yeah, like play up the fact that we get that. You know, like like give give people what they want and talk about it and talk trash about people that don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another manifesto. Yep. yep, there you go. We're just gonna. I think our marketing site is just gonna be us picking fights all over it. <laughs> It's good. I like it. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you, I think you have to pick a fight as as uh, David. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. One day we'll, we might have pricing published somewhere. <laughs> Basically, every couple of days I come in and I'm like, so I was thinking a lot about pricing last night, and they're like, oh my god. It's like we're gonna have to write some more code and make some more stripe plans or whatever. It feels like I keep getting closer, and it's like this latest iteration. It's like, okay, I think this paradigm per seat, but um, like usage based, is probably right. And then, so, and then it's like, then there's, there's not that many more variables to tweak. It's kind of like, how much should you pay up front? What should the monthly per seat be? No, wait, there's a million more. Should there be a free trial? I'll figure out ways to make this, to drag this into like three months of testing. But <laughs> sure. I think we're getting dialed. Like the, the big, the big decisions feel pretty well made, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Do so you yes. feel, do you feel pretty confident in your per seat rate still? Like a couple of weeks ago, you were like, I think this, I think I found it, but mm. yeah. Mm, so I feel like we were way too high before and we dropped down a lot and that started getting us lots of yeses, but now it feels a little low. And so I've been testing and like moving it up a little bit. I don't think we're like way too low. I just think we're like a little low. I think we're very close now. 
Like if we, if you made me write down a price right now, I could do it and I'd feel pretty good about it. And I think we could build a pretty good business on it, but I'm just trying to find like that real sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And will there come a time you think when you will have pricing published on a public website? I do. Yeah. 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 Probably if I had to guess, it probably would be like the, the summer. So I'm, I'm planning on taking a month off this summer. One of the things that I want to have for sure in place is like the fully automated, you can buy the thing. Like I, I don't want myself in that loop anymore. And so there needs to be a place you can go to buy it. So that will have to have a price on it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Will there be a big public launch then? Like are you going to try to make a splash? It's a good question. Or is it just going to kind of be like a subtle, now it's available? Yes, I, I, I guess so. <laughs> I guess we should. I mean, we should, probably should, right? Like, you should definitely. You can only like uh, fire that rocket once or whatever. So, probably should should do it. I have this fear, actually, honestly, around public availability, and I don't know why. There's something about the control I have, or something that I've kind of gotten used to. Or it's like, yeah, the market can't truly judge us yet because not everyone can get it. So only a small subset of people can ever even see it, and so we can just make it better and better until we get it, make it live. Um, and so I think it's honestly fear that makes me like not want to do it because like why not get this engine kind of rolling you know like i'm we are very much artificially limiting the number of people that can come in and use it and it's like well don't you want a lot of people to pay you <laughs> it's like wait oh yeah i guess we do so yeah yeah what are we doing here right because i see the benefits of keeping it constrained as like if if there were still a lot of unknowns on product direction or something and you were wanting to try to keep that high fidelity then i could see restricting just to keep the noise low i could also see if you had like pending scaling challenges where like if you opened up the floodgates suddenly you would need to spend a couple of months re-architecting systems and like doing a bunch of work like that then i could also see wanting to limit on that front but it seems like neither of those are really a, a challenge for you at this point it's true yeah i mean is, do you think there's value in like the exclusivity of it for sure yeah i mean i think if that i mean like superhuman is still working the scarcity angle of like and it's seeming to work well for them. But then you're also, you're just kind of arbitrarily constraining your your revenue too. So yeah. it's like... I don't know what they get from that, honestly. Like, does it just make it seem sexier? Like, do people want it more because they can't have it easily? Like, they have to go for track down an invite? The thing they did was they made an incredible product. They happen to be also invite only, but I don't think that's the secret sauce. The secret sauce is the product. There's something to me. I was like, okay, yeah, if it's exclusive and people like maybe people have to ask me or like they have to get an invite from somebody else. Like that's there's something nice about that. Like you're you're kind of making your customers cooler. Like you're giving them something that's like in demand, kind of. So that seems kind of good. But maybe it's just maybe that's just over. I don't know. Maybe I'm overvaluing that right now. Yeah, I can't really. If I were asked to name off what are the primary benefits of that and is it worth it, like I couldn't make a compelling case for it. I think there are some marketing benefits and it keeps people it keeps people like sharing about it when every time someone says like a cool thing about like oh i love superhuman so much and then someone goes to sign up and they can't get access it just kind of makes you makes people want it more i guess but i don't know how much in the grand scheme that's really worth it someone told me who has a successful developer tool business he's like developers are pretty good about sharing tools that work he's like i've never really invested much in marketing because word of mouth is very strong in the developer world they're very willing to try new tools and when someone tells them there's a new one that's good they like they like to check it out maybe we should just let them like, like people are saying good things, but then like they can't use it. So it's like, is that really good? Like, is just is the building hype special? Is it turning it into something better than it would be? I'm not totally convinced, honestly. The more word of mouth that's happening, I feel like there is a risk if people are hearing about it, they want it really bad, and they can't get it now, and then they get an invite maybe months later, and at that point they've already like settled on some other tool. Like, I feel like there's 
there's potential cost in it. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. And even if they don't adopt another tool, maybe they're just not as excited as they were. And so they're like, right. I right. was fired up about this two weeks ago, but now it's like, whatever. Plus, I want to get my stuff out of the way. The only thing I could see happening, like keeping longer term, would maybe like some sort of invite thing, like give people an invite button or a thing and like let them share it. And then you have to go to someone that has it. But like, I don't know. I guess I don't understand why that's good. So maybe I'm just like aping this company that's been successful and like copying the part that's not important mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to the part that matters. That's true. Like Jason Fried has talked about how like people copy them so, so often. Like every time they redesign their site, a bunch of people just like mimic their headline and design and structure. And he's like, people have no idea what's actually working. And we're, we're just experimenting with stuff a lot. And like, it's not necessarily a recipe for success. It's just another, another experiment. So. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Should have Rahul on here and ask him. Right. Yeah. That'd be, That'd cool. be awesome. Mm-hmm. He might do that. I wonder. Let's see. Yeah. We could learn some things from him, I'm sure. Yeah, he'd be a great guest. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so speaking of podcast uh, administration and stuff, we should let people know that we decided to go back to once a week. Do you agree with my uh, assessment? Uh, I do. Do you want to restate your assessment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my thoughts were basically like, I don't feel like I have the bandwidth right now, surprise, surprise, <laughs> to uh, to like keep the kind of the guest flow rolling. And like it's relatively low effort to jump on uh, every week and talk about what we've been working on, but to actually have consistently high quality guests on once a week is kind of, it's a bit of work to do that. And so I don't feel like I can necessarily pull my weight on that. Maybe it's just kind of the, the phase I'm in right now, but I just feel like I'm stretched super thin. So, yep. yeah. And we didn't even hit twice a week that many times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Success rate uh, is pretty low. <laughs> it's just hard. Yeah. And it costs money. Like it's not trivial amounts to do twice as many shows from an editing budget point of view so it's like well all these things are kind of adding up and to be honest when we decided to do it it was definitely an experiment from the start but i remember even thinking then it was like what would success look like here because honestly like we're, we're not all about audience growth we don't care that much about that and so it's like well we'll get more downloads because there'll be more episodes but the audience i mean maybe will grow a little bit but why would it grow faster at two a week than one it was interesting to try but uh, i think once a week is the sweet spot for this i don't think twice as much is twice as good at least for me, <laughs> I get I get that some people wanted to hear more, but I feel like we we're forcing it a little bit too. It's just less to talk about. That's all right. We've been we've been doing once a week for a long time. Seems to be okay. Anything else going on in your world? Um, just a couple quick updates. So I just shipped today actually a big new feature in Level emoji reactions. Oh, nice. <laughs> so this is a piece that I was I was a little bit resistant to do it from the get go because I wanted to be sure that. It's one of those elements of Slack that is really fun and really addictive. And I, in the spirit of questioning assumptions, wanted to be sure that like this wasn't yet another element kind of pulled from the social media realm that was that was problematic. And so I originally started with just a just a single reaction that you could use. It was a thumbs up, kind of the universal acknowledgement reaction in kind of observing behavior among my small group of customers right now and and having conversations with them it kind of became clear that um that their level needs a little bit more of the fun built into it like people were really missing that and i know that i when i was you know a heavy slack user like i did use the emoji reactions a lot myself and so did my team and it was a way to kind of 
pile on praise on someone when someone had a great, you know, a good announcement or just you could just be more expressive. And I feel like that was that's a piece that's missing or that you have to try hard to to sprinkle in in a text based medium. It's like like helping people maximize their expressiveness. Mm, um, yeah, totally. Bring some humanity to it. Yeah. Yeah. And emojis is I mean, a lot of, you know, nerds really love their emojis, <laughs> me being one of them. And fortunately, I, I kind of figured this might be coming. So when I architected reactions in the first place, I like built it so that kind of the technical underpinnings supported having like setting a value so that and it was just always set to the thumbs up emoji. So like it was not too difficult of a technical build out. And then I just had to kind of work through the user experience of it um, on the front end. Just ship that today. Feel really good about it. Cool. Congrats. Thanks. It's good to get back in the saddle, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I needed to get something shipped uh, after this move to, to really like set myself back on an even plane. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Cool. Other updates? Sounds like you had a couple um, maybe. I wanted to get this big one out and now I'm going to be turning my attention towards doing what I need to do to feel comfortable to invite a good chunk of people in and start getting more sample size. And so for me, that that list kind of looks like uh, as I'm thinking through, like, what are the things I need to do to at good enough scale nudge a cohort of people to to achieving success with the product so you know i sent an invite to say 500 people it's not like i'm going to give a manual demo to all those people so i want to have at a minimum some some onboarding emails that kind of educate kind of a, a typical onboarding sequence and i'm also thinking about first run experience so i have some a basic onboarding flow built into the product already and i think that's going to stick around just probably polish that up a little bit and then another thing i've been I've become pretty convinced that I need this, but I'm interested to hear your take too. Um, I would like it. to have. <laughs> Wait, you didn't even hear it. Just invite people. Okay, <laughs> go listen ahead, to go this ahead, one. Okay, so a basically a demo team that kind of shows like what a typical team would look like with some channels and some messages to give a little bit more context around how the product looks with actual data inside of it. Hmm. And when would you show this to people? Or how this would basically be as soon as you as soon as you sign up, you have you can create your own team and you also have a demo one. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, so I can like swap over to the demo team and be like, how do they set up there or whatever? Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, that does sound useful. Because I think That's, it doesn't sound like a ton of work, right? You're just going like, to add some no, like, just things kind of scaffolding, or? scaffolding some some dummy data in. Yeah. yeah. OK. Um, because I think like I've noticed in my demos when I'm usually like either in an existing demo team that has some some dummy data in it or I'm starting with a fresh one when I'm when I'm showing it to people. And so when when everything is blank, it's not a great representation of what the product's going to be when people are actually successfully using it. There always seems to be some skepticism of like, okay, so but does this work with longer form posts and how does this actually work when there's more people? Does this scale? How does it, what does the inbox look like with more things in it? Like there's a lot of questions around or skepticism of like how does this actually work? with real people and real things in it. And it's hard to like whip those out in a demo, like, oh yeah, here's what it looks like with a three paragraph post. And here's what, you know, a series of replies look like. And when someone replies to it, uh, this is how it appears on the screen. And uh, all that stuff is kind of hard to hard to show. So I feel like having having like a demo team will be helpful too. Okay. When do you want to try to get people invited? Ooh, you want me to set a deadline? <laughs> um, hmm. I would like by the end of next week, and today is Thursday, April 11th, so um, 
I think that's a reasonable goal. By the 19th, have some. In- how, how many invites out do you expect to... How many people are going to invite? At least 500. Okay. Yep. I'm writing it down. <laughs> oh, shoot. Invites <laughs> by 419. Okay. Well, now it's in All my right. podcast.md document, so... Okay. Hold trying. me accountable. Yep. All right. <laughs> I will. That's good. I think it's good to set that. Like it's it's so easy as the maker to just like I just gotta do like five more things and then we can finally bring people yeah. in. And I did yeah. I did we did the exact same thing. Well, and uh, trust me, there's a bunch of things I want to do before, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. but cool. I think I think emoji reactions. This was one where I was like I, I thought about doing it before shipping this, but I was like I really feel convinced that this one is going to be important and it's going to really show well. So gotcha. I let myself do this one. Okay. <laughs> 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 yep. Shipping features is the dessert. Yeah. Got to eat totally. your vegetables with your sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really curious to hear how that goes. Thanks. Yeah. What percentage of the list would that be? 500 roughly? Um. So there's like about 6,200 people on the list right that's now. That's a lot of people so. you got there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um. Cool. Well, nice. That's then I think 500 sounds like a reasonable first chunk. Cool. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah, man, that sounds good. All right, well, consider yourself accountableized. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, awesome. Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. Cool. Well, um, I will see you in a week then. All right. All right. Show notes? Show notes can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Awesome. Thanks for listening. See ya.